Not many were called God at Liverpool when they played, but then not many were Robbie Fowler. The former English striker had a storied career in his country's top flight, netting 163 times in the Premier League, including, quite remarkably, a hat-trick against Arsenal in 4 minutes and 33 seconds in 1994. He had 26 caps for England that spread over the 1996 and the 2000 euros as well as the 2002 fifa world cup later in his career he had spells in australia and thailand before he started focusing on getting his coaching badges he and his staff took charge of a league side brisbane roar in 2019 and led them from having finished second bottom of the table the previous season to fourth in 2019-20 before the pandemic struck In this episode me and Himan will talk to the man now tasked with helping East Bengal make a memorable debut in the Indian Super League. Yeah before we get there Bhargav I mean I think he is unarguably the biggest name mm-hmm. uh, in this season which begins on November 20 with SC East Bengal starting a week later against ATK Mohan Bagan. Mm-hmm. I mean I, we all know that coaching is not an exact science. and there is no guarantee that a great player will be as successful just as successful as a coach hmm. but the very fact that fowler agreed to come to india join a new team a team that is well behind uh, preparations uh, given the circumstances in which it was inducted into the isl hmm. convince players and staff to come with him hmm. and that too at a time when covid-19 has disrupted normal life tells me one thing that he is not just content being a liverpool legend mm. he could have just retired on his rested on his laurels but he is definitely not content doing just that mm. and if it means that he has to come to india so be it the the other positive for this uh, in this for me possibly is that you know if he makes a name for himself in the isl mm. it will only increase the profile of the league right so bhargav without further ado let's hear from god Robbie before your liverpool debut we've read that graham sawness praised your sixth sense how much of that sixth sense or what does that sixth sense tell you now about this assignment where you could spend some six months in a bio bubble uh poof, good question good one to start um <laughs> actually not really no to be honest I, I, look i think regardless of how i was as a player i don't think it really matters now i think my job now was to try and get everyone to um just to try and 
simplify things for everyone. Like, look, we know how tough it is for everyone. We know how, how difficult it is to be in this situation. Right. Uh, I think being a professional, I think we just have to know that, look, if you, if you want to play football uh, and you want people to enjoy football, then you have to adapt to uh, certain situations. And look, that, that's just a case of what we're doing. So, look, as much as we love what we're doing, um, you know, we, we have got to make certain sacrifices and it'll be all all throughout my career. You know, we've we done sacrifices and it, it's no different now. You know, it, it is slightly different, but again, it's just a bigger sacrifice. And when you when you want something and when you when you love playing something that, you, you know, you really enjoy, then uh, the sacrifices, are, for me, are pretty easy. Right. Right. Okay. And uh, Robbie, you have grown up in Dockset in Liverpool, which means an inner city council childhood. Uh, you have taken up the cause of dock workers in Liverpool. Uh, you understand the power of football in a community. Uh, does that make you better place to appreciate what uh, East Bengal means to its supporters? I look, I don't think it makes me any better than anyone else, in all fairness. Look, you know, in terms of how, how I was brought up, um, look, it is what it is. You know, there's people who are fortunate, there's people who are lost, less fortunate. Uh, but look, it doesn't stop you from going out and, you know, trying to, to, to achieve and trying to be the very best you can. OK, there's certain levels of, obviously, that, uh, that greatness you can get to. Uh, but look, you know, in terms of what we are as people, I think it's primarily important that we just got to go out and you know and do what we need to do to try and you know better situations. Uh, that the lifestyle I had when I was when I was brought up was um, yeah, look, you know, it wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong, uh, but look, you know, if, if I seen a you know a little pitch or a, a little area where I could play football, then I was practicing because I wanted to do it. Uh, now that brings to the uh, the bit where I was saying before about the sacrifice. You know, I I knew I wanted to be this professional footballer. So, you know, you know, at times you're sacrificing spending a little bit of time with your mates to go and do a little bit more practice. So, yeah, you know, the lifestyle uh, for me is, I think is paramount to, uh, to, to, to being the person you are. Uh, now, you know, I'm very, very unegotistical. You know, I know, I know what type of person I am. Um, I think what you see is what you get. And I think that is the upbringing I've had. Now that's obviously my parents, that's my mum, my, my dad, my school teachers, um, and obviously me, uh, my, my coaches from an early age, just trying to get me to be, you know, that better person. Yeah, but Ravi, you, you know, as Bhargav was asking, it's East Bengal also is a club that has a has a sense of community around it, and and you have been you you've been a famous footballer who's always always spoken about the community, used football to sort of you know use the power of football to sort of promote a cause. Of course, because we know how important football is. I think um, mm-hmm. I mean there's, there's many people all over the world, um, you know, certainly far bigger than far bigger than me. Um, and look, if you're if you're a famous person per se, um, you know, in the limelight, um, anything that you say or, or do can be can be I don't know can, can be used for good advantage for people. Um, right. You know, that's you know setting the right example. That's doing everything that you can you needed to. I think you're absolutely spot on with the community um, in terms of football and you know it, football. We know it brings it brings a lot of love and a lot of joy to everyone. And when you've got a club the size of sort of the SC uh, East Bengal, and you know that we know how passionate the fans are, you know we know how much it means to everyone. So you know our job now is to try and get everyone to be to be happy and to be uh, as successful as, as we can. And 
Uh, that means trying to get the best results, try and excite people. Uh, because look, you know, yeah, we'll go out there, we'll get that best results. But we know how important this uh, this football club is, and, and football is for certainly the the, the people who, who support our, our club. Yeah, right. Now to the season at hand. East Bengal are the only club with the, in the ISL with a set-piece coach. Uh, could you talk us through Terence McPhillips' role? Well, look, you've you just said yourself, he is a set-piece coach. Now, look, that, let's not take away something else that he brings. He, he's obviously a very, very good coach. Uh, right. you know, he, he coached at a high level. Um, he's coached a lot of young kids. He came through Blackburn Academy. Uh, mm. So he was instrumental in bringing a lot of players through. Uh, went on to be a, an assistant manager at Blackburn, then obviously went on to be a, a coach at Blackpool as, as manager. So, right. yeah, his, um, his, his reputation is very, very good. Uh, but look, I think for, for myself and, you know, when I'm obviously building a team, you know, I'm always looking for, you know, for different ways and, and different avenues that we can go down to try and be better than anyone else. Now, I see football as, look, you know, I think you, you've always had a goalkeeper coach. No one bats right. an apple when, you know, there is a goalkeeper coach. But, mm-hmm. you know, why can't you have coaches, you know, all over the pitch? Why can't you have a free kick coach? Why can't you have, you know, a throwing coach? You know, you mm-hmm. look at Liverpool last season. Yes. You know, Liverpool had a specific uh, throwing coach. Um, yes. Now, obviously, our remit is to try and be, again, successful. Uh, and we've, we've looked at the different ways of trying to do that. And if we've got uh, maybe a little bit of an advantage over the opposition in terms of how we approach our set pieces, how we approach, um, you know, our throw-ins, corners, uh, free kicks, etc., mm. then mm-hmm. it just gives us a little bit of a hand. Now, look, it is it is what it is, and, and obviously Terry is a, is a good coach in its, in, its, in himself. Uh, but look, you know, I think you know, from what we're trying to do, we're trying to play football the right way, but we're also trying to trying to get little. Head starts above anyone else within uh, within the ISL, uh, and if that means obviously you know Terry doing a lot more work on the opposition set pieces, uh, our our own set pieces, then uh, we're certainly going to use that to our advantage. Right, you know the season starts in, in in less than a month, but it's also been a peculiar situation where most Indian football players haven't had any football for seven months, going on eight before the time ISL starts. So, how difficult does that make your job? Or the job of any coach in the ISL, and how long a preseason would you have wanted to get players ready? Oh, yeah, it goes without saying. I think we obviously wanted a little bit more. Um, when we obviously got this uh, this opportunity to come over and, and you know manage this team, uh, look, we, we knew the situation. We knew that we were massively behind in terms of preparation, in terms of getting our players and getting everything right. But look, it is what it is. You know, we have to adapt. I said that before about adapting. Um, I would have liked a lot more time, uh, obviously on the training pitch and you know getting the players fitter and stronger than everyone else. But look, we, we can't have that. You know, we've still got uh, certainly a lot of players in isolation now. Um, so look, our pre-season is effectively three weeks long, which look, it's not ideal, but it is what it is. And we adapt and we accept what we've got and we, we just deal with that situation. Football needs to be played. Um, obviously, people need to go into uh, into quarantine, uh, and that's not just the foreign players. You know, the Indian right. players yeah, have to do absolutely. the same as well. Uh, but yeah, look, it is what it is. We're, we're, we're massively behind in terms uh, in terms of preparation. Uh, but look, we will get it right. I'm 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 hundred percent sure of that. Okay. Right, Robbie. And uh, going back to your time at uh, Brisbane Road, uh, you were having a very good season there. 
unfortunately the coronavirus pandemic came uh, but uh, many fans Uh, describe your brand as football as uh, Brexit ball. What is your response uh, to these fans? <laughs> Look, I think I think that might have just be an anti-English thing. Even even being honest, I think we went over there <laughs> with a plan of um, of trying to take a team who had struggled massively the year before and try to make them uh, competitive. Now, I've no I've no doubt we did that, and you know they were second bottom of the ladder. Uh, now the year we went in there, you know, we, we got the team um, defensively rock solid. We we were compact. We were we were a good team um, in terms of possession. You know, when I don't mean possession just for the sake of it, we were possession based in the uh, in the uh, opposition half. And honestly, the music there when the uh, <laughs> talking about the football, but uh, yeah, it was it was possession in the right area of the pitches. Now we we obviously wanted to keep possession, but we obviously wanted to win games. And uh, we we felt that was the best thing to do, which was obviously keeping them keeping them clean sheets. Um, so yeah, so for this this Brexit ball, um, yeah, I, I just think it was an anti-English thing. There was there was lots of people who who didn't want us to succeed, uh, and really couldn't couldn't accept that we did. Uh, now, regardless of what people think, you know, my tenor, you know, at Brisbane Raw last year was was for me was a, a success. You know, we left the team that was in. Um, in a massively strong position uh, in in fourth place in the ended up finishing fourth um in the five games that they had when obviously football restarted they, they won i think maybe one game um which was against a, a very young team so um i mean my my credentials couldn't be argued with anyone you know it is there for everyone to see we were Absolutely. we were top for possession we were you know we were the best for you know conceding goals you know our goalkeeper um can conceded less You know, than anyone else, you know, his his record was very good. So, uh, all in all, it was it was successful. Um, and and it's a shame, but what happened? Uh, but in a way, you know, if if this hadn't have happened, then you know maybe I wouldn't have got this opportunity. So, um, you know, silver linings. Right. And <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk about your time at uh, Liverpool. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> you started off those first four years. You scored loads of goals. There was a game when you scored five uh, goals against Fulham. And they called you God there. Uh, then there was this knee injury, and the next four years were probably not not, not as great as the first four. Uh, so, can you talk us through that time at Liverpool? Yeah, I think certainly when I started, and you know, I did score lots of goals. Um, you know, I was I was again, I was not a bad player who wanted to work hard and and you know try and emulate you know great players. Obviously, the past of Liverpool, um, I did. You know, I, I, I scored goals. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, I didn't really notice at the time, but um, I mean, I had a real serious injury, and that maybe affected my career sort of later on. You know, as much as I did play, uh, you know, for years afterwards, I probably wasn't the same player. In all fairness, but you know, I still scored goals, and uh, I think my goals per games, um, you know, was was very very good. So you know, regardless of people thinking, oh, you only had a you know a four year career. You know, I would argue against that. You know, I had a, a real successful career in terms of scoring goals all the time. Okay, the the, the latter years might not have been as prolific as the, the first years, but you know, you know, I, I enjoyed my football. You know, it, I was I was very very fortunate in in getting paid for something that I loved doing. Um, and you know, I went into into to to train every day. Uh, you know, and I, I embraced it. You know, I, I wanted I wanted to be there. Whereas some players now. You know, maybe in in football for the wrong reasons. Whereas I, mm. I loved the game, and yeah, 
my time at Liverpool was superb, you know, and Liverpool is is huge, you know, to, to me. Um, and it's a big part of my life. I was there from when I was 10 years old. Um, and, you know, I've still got, you know, lots of good friends, uh, not just on the, the playing side, but, you know, people behind the scenes. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a club that, you know, I'm, I'm very, very fond of. And, you know, in all fairness, I, I always will be. So, as a, as a Liverpool, you, you, you are still connected to Liverpool. You're a Liverpool ambassador. And then, as a Liverpool ambassador, you've got to know uh, Jurgen Klopp quite well. So, as a coach who's starting out, uh, uh, what is it about Klopp that you would kind of like to incorporate? I, I like everything about him. Um, I mean, I always get asked about, you know, who are my inspirations, if you like. But I think every manager I've played under, you know, I've had different traits and, you know, different different ideas and different tactics. So I think you probably take a little bit of everything. But what mm-hmm. I love about Jürgen, I think he ticks sort of every box. Now, I've played for lots of managers who don't necessarily do that. You know, they'll tick one box, uh, but, you know, there'll be a miss in other areas. Uh, but with Jürgen, I, I think he's he's first class, you know, technically very good, tactically very good. And, uh, and for me, I'm, I'm a big part of my management. Uh, and I think Jürgen is exceptional at that. You know, you, you see the players, you see how much they enjoy playing for them. And obviously, if I can beat a Jürgen any time, um, you know, he, he would pick up the phone and we, we would have a conversation. We, we, we can talk tactics, we can talk anything football-related. Uh, and anything not football-related, in all fairness. But um, I think he's a manager who, who is admired, you know, all over the world for, for what he's done and what he's achieved. And... I think for me to have him on the end of um, a phone and, and speak to right. him all the time is, um, I think, is absolutely incredible. There's so much more to him beyond football also, isn't it? I mean, from whatever we read about it, he's so aware of issues and stuff. He's always willing to take a stand. Uh, does that sort of enhance his personality, even to someone as famous as you are, obviously, at Liverpool? Well, you know, I mean, regardless of what people think about him or not, you know, I mean, I... I always treat people the way they treat me. Um, and I've got nothing but lots of time for Jürgen because he's always treated me with, with with the respect, you know, with respect. You know, he speaks to me, you know, he, he never shuns me. You know, he, he's he's absolutely first class. And the way people see him, the way he is on the television, uh, talking about football, um, mm-hmm. you know, they see him on the camera all the time. But if you're behind the scenes talking to him, you know, off camera, he's exactly mm-hmm. the same person. And I, right. I love that about him, you know, and it's... Um, what you see is what you get. Uh, and, you know, that, that's something, you know, within me as well. You know, it, it's, it's a, I think it's a trait of maybe it's, it's back to the beginning what we were talking about. Maybe it's the upbringings that we've had. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe that is, you know, I mean, it's, it's obviously the, the full circle. You know, we, we know what we've got. We know what we've had and we know what we've got. So, um, yeah, you do. You, you'd appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you must have been following the Premier League this season. I mean, some uh, incredibly uh, remarkable results we have seen. Uh, Liverpool losing 7-2 at Villa, Tottenham uh, winning 6-1 at Old Trafford. Uh, uh, if you have to give in an early prediction now uh, as to who will finish in the top four, uh, what would you say? Well, look, I think it is tough this year. I think you will, we'll probably see the same teams there or thereabouts. Uh, I think for me, the, the team... The teams to beat are, are obviously Liverpool and Manchester City. I know people will question Liverpool now because they've got Van Dijk uh, missing. Mm. But Liverpool are not a one-man team. I think they've, uh, they've proven over the years sort of how good they are, you know, how good the players are. Um, and they can adapt to situations. You know, we, we see now how resolute their team is. 
Uh, you know, we've seen games even this season where they've, they've maybe struggled um, to, to have the foothold in the game, but they've come away with wins. Okay, they, they lost, um, you know, a big loss to uh, to Aston Villa. But look, that mm. doesn't that doesn't define Liverpool, of course not. So you know, you come the end of the season, and I would be amazed if Liverpool aren't there or thereabouts. And and they, for me, are the team to beat because you know you look at what they achieved last year. You know, Man- Manchester City are were 18 points behind them. Manchester City are a, a remarkable team. And for a remarkable team to finish that far behind Liverpool, that shows you how good Liverpool are. And that tells me that, that they're more than one player. Right. And uh, if you were to choose one, uh, your most memorable moment at Liverpool uh, as a player, what would it be? My most memorable, there's lots, lots of goals, lots of appearances. But I think my most probably most memorable one would be re-signing for the club. I left in um, 2002 mm-hmm. and then obviously re-signed again in 2006. So re-signing for the club uh, was, was, for me, was, was was perfection. It was something that, you know, I, I dreamt about. Uh, it made me, again, appreciate the club a little bit more. It made me appreciate everything, everything about Liverpool because I'd obviously been away and I'd seen other places, I'd seen other clubs. Um, and then getting the chance to go back to Liverpool, you know, I, I knew... And knew Liverpool were were the club. Robbie, you know, a number of players have moved from the A League to the ISL. Now, A League, obviously, in terms of the competition, would be at a higher standard. But why do you think that has happened? Hang on, what, what was that? Sorry, you said what the A League is a. I said the number of players from the A League, uh, which I would think is obviously at a higher standard than the Indian Super League, have moved to India this time. Uh, is it because? Hang on. Can I can I ask you a question? Okay. Why do you think the A-League is a higher standard than the ISL? Well, let's say Australia is a country which has a higher standard of football than India is. Would that be a fair comment? I I understand that a lot of Australian players actually don't play in Australia, but even then, they have all been produced by that system before they moved out to Europe or wherever. Well, look, I think Australia may have the same... You know, problems that uh, India have in terms of the infrastructure, um, okay. infrastructure from grassroots level is not perfect, and it okay. will get better. And look, uh-huh. that's the same with the, um, you know, with the Indian culture. You know, I think what we, whatever country you're at, I mm-hmm. think it's, it's paramount that you get grassroots football, you know, right, uh, and you get players, you know, enjoying and appreciating football from a young age. Uh, whereas, look, it's it's not perfect in Australia. Uh, okay. You know, maybe some facilities are a little bit better. But you know you can see over here that the uh, the standard of the league, the ISL, is is certainly very good. Um, okay. Now you, you've obviously got a few Aussie players coming from the A League over to um, you know the ISL. It's because the league is okay and they fancy the chances. You know, so it's not a case of oh, well, maybe it's not. It wasn't the first the first options if you like, or it wouldn't be in the first options. But you know, the more players, regardless of what country they're from, you know, whether it be, you know, England, Ireland, Scotland, you know, Spain, Australia, mm-hmm. um, I think the more good players we certainly see in this country will uh, will benefit the, uh, the the ISL. They really will. Um, and obviously these these good foreign players coming in, you know, can maybe develop the uh, the Indian players, whatever club they're at as well. So, um, you know, there, there is a, a growth culture that, you know, we, we can possibly get over here. Uh, and you know, players coming from any league in any country can can certainly help. Uh, but yeah, it is that that's that's obviously my uh, my my take on that. 
Right. Is is that why Robbie Fowler also came? He could have been content being just a famous player. He's he's someone who Liverpool is never going to forget. Why did he come to India? Is that to try and grow the game? Well, look, my my love is football. I love football, and you know, um, I've shown you know commitment um, by going to Australia. I've shown dedication. I've shown sacrifices. Uh, by going to A to Australia, now coming to India, and it shows people how much I love the game, and it shows I feel as though I've got a lot to give. Now, wherever wherever I go, I want that to be mm-hmm. the case. I want people to learn off me. You know, I want to learn off people as well, um, right. and I want I want everything to uh, develop. You know, I want to I want to develop certainly the football over here. Um, you know, you, you look at the sort of the Indian national team if you like, um, and one of the um, one of the, the the questions I keep getting asked is that maybe there's, there's there's a lack of of goal scorers if you like you know you take away Sunil right. uh, yes. you, know, you take away JJ um, and obviously the, there is not many prolific scorers if you like but look you know my aim now is look I have JJ here uh, and my aim now is to try and make him a better player and if I can make him a better player then that's obviously more beneficial to the uh, the Indian national team right right all right, right. thank you thank you thank you so much yes, uh, fellas thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Robbie. Pleasure. All the best yes, for a good season. And here's to the first of many in India. Good man. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you next time then. This was an episode of Kicks for Free. Do like and follow us on at HT Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And write to us at podcast at the rate hindustantimes.com. You can also follow us on our Twitter handles at DhimanHT and at Bhargav Sarma. You can listen to more podcasts by logging into htsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.